Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, episode 59 of the Talking Power podcast, and I'm here with Simon Gonzo Travellini. I'm Nick DeCembre, and also with co host Todd Brinkworth. How are we, guys? Yeah, Nick. Yeah, Todd. pretty good, Nick. Simon, <laughs> you guys go? going well? Yeah. You guys voted yet? Oh, not yet. Get around to it shortly. Yeah, very yeah. shortly. Yeah. Don't forget, don't forget to vote. No, we if won't. If you're out there driving around, be patient. There's going to be traffic. Mm. Yep. Be careful around school zones. You might hit a politician. Yeah, make sure you get a sausage. You know, Bunnings get upset on federal election days and state election days. You know what? Last election, I drove around for ages trying to get a sausage. Really? <laughs> I met plenty, but I didn't get any. <laughs> what, none? No bake stalls? No nothing? Nothing. Oh, oh nothing. No. You need to come to Belcata, mate. I'm in a scungy yeah. area. Yeah. <laughs> to come over to Belcata, there's eight of them. So the, the the polls, Nick, very interesting, are they? Mm, they certainly are. Tens of Channel 9, Channel 7, yeah, 10. News Limited, 7 <laughs> West Media. I don't know. It's, they seem to influence polls somehow. 58, 52, 49, 51, 50, 50. Yeah. It does. It's, uh, Fairfax Limited, it, it all depends on... You know, what I don't get, but right... There's more than two parties here, so how come we always end up with 52, 48, 49, 51? Yeah, no, I think they only give them the two-party preferred, but... yeah. Have you got any... Have you ever had one of those surveys? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Every time I get one, I tell them that I'm a university graduate female in the mid-30s. <laughs> Single white female. <laughs> There's a reason why, because they deliberately stack the odds to the, 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 uh, the, the way of the lefty. If the lefty, the traditional lefty, has right feelings, it completely stuffs the program. <laughs> Why are they voting for the United Australia Party? <laughs> <laughs> well, the assumption is that if you went to university, mm. right, you, you are going to want a greener environment, you're going to be less likely to care about the cost of living, right? Um, so, yeah, generally, well, I can't say it on air, but, you know, the type of person that I'm... Yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. And I think it's fair to say, I, I understand that demographic as well. I get that. But get but that. do you think it's really like that? Because... Yep. Really? Yeah, I do, yeah. It is an important election because this is going to shape the future of our country for the next four years. Mm, yep. And, and um, for all of those of you that haven't voted yet, you know, uh, my advice is... Make sure you understand what you're voting for. Mm. Um, I'm, I don't want to sway anyone towards Liberal or Labor. Last episode, we spoke about Bill Shorten's uh, EV policy. Um, um, and, and just for those of you that don't know, the, the calculations, uh, the, the guy who did the calculations said his life threatened, his house has been egged. Really? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, didn't know, I didn't know this. You didn't know about this. I oh, know. No. That, that, it's it, like it. Yeah, he's done a couple of interviews. So he has calculated that the emissions uh, target, the 45% by 2030, which is what Bill Shorten is, is selling in his policy, it will cost Australians between 240 and $520 billion. So you do the maths on that, each and every one of us is you know, going to be coughing a few grand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way it is. 
Um, even little Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of GST, isn't it? Yeah. Is well, they're going to have to get it. That's the thing. That, and that's, that's what annoys me about if, if I was going to an election and I, and I had some policies, I'd want to be able to show people how I was going to pay for them. You know, because everyone can go and, oh, mate, we'll buy a new car, yeah, we'll build a new building, yeah, we'll do this. How are you going to pay for it? Mm. You know what I mean? It's all good and well to make these promises. How are you going to pay for it? I, I think the last time I did the calcs, uh, of the total income of this country, so state level, um, local level, federal level, right, the total income, 48% of it comes from our income tax. And I'll give you the tip. I don't think the people at the top are the ones that are paying it. No, no. And they're talking about even a, a further deduction for those at the top. As 11,000. Well. Yeah. 11,000. 11, yeah. And, and, you know, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, just be, be mindful of, of uh, like I said, whichever way you vote, we're stuck with them for four years. Mm, yeah, yeah, we are. So, you know, I was thinking, Nick, maybe for the next federal election, we should start our own talk and power party. I like the sound of that. You know, we could we could all run for our, our, our different areas here. Yeah. And I, 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 I'd like to run for prime minister, if that's all right with you guys. Oh, where well, you're behind it. <laughs> yeah. Full steam. Yeah. You know. So, there's a couple of policies I want to discuss. Yeah. Seeing as, you know, we, we're going to start, we're going to start our campaigning early, four years early. <laughs> so, the first thing is, I, I believe that... Uh, uh, couples, regardless of their male, female, couples should be able to income split. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if if your partner, I'm going to say wife, if your partner stays at home and you earn 100 grand a year, for example, then you should be able to put down that you both earn 50 grand each. Now, a lot of people will be listening to this going, well, what difference does that make? What it means is you come down in your tax bracket. And you're going to save income yep. tax. Now, why is this important? I thought this was going to be a joke. Did you think this was going to be a no, joke? No, no, no. I, I, like I partly knew it was going already, I tell you. No, no, no I thought this going. was going to be like a bit of a comedy sketch. Well, well the, the reason this is important like this. is because cause right now, a lot of people, like myself and like yourself, yeah. we struggle. Our wives have to find second jobs, whatever. Mm. And, and for me, I would, I would like it if my wife could stay home and look after the kids. Now, I don't know. I don't earn... 100 grand a year right um but nonetheless it would still have an effect on us it would still bring us down Mm. a bracket now what that does is if your partner male female or otherwise can stay at home well you're going to add a lot of jobs to the workforce so so that that's one of my first policies that you should be allowed to income split right Mm. okay so so the next policy that i would campaign on we seem to have referendums for everything you know the, the gay marriage, uh, we had another referendum a while back here for daylight saving, mm. this and that. You know, the Extended shopping hours. Yeah, yeah. The government seems to be happy to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to ask questions that, you know, I mean, really, no one... Obviously, the, the people that are affected the gay marriage, they were concerned about it, but ultimately, they could have debated it in Parliament and it, it would have got through anyway. True? Yeah. yeah. You know, 100%. because the, the House of Representatives, as the name suggests, they're meant to represent us. Mm. And I'm sure that those people would have, would have you know, voiced their concerns and, and that would ultimately been, and it could have saved us hundreds of millions of dollars. So how about we have a referendum on jobs? How about we ask the Australian public, very simple question, would you prefer 
more jobs and slightly higher prices or less jobs and lower prices, right? Leave it up to the people to decide because I think if you give that decision-making process to the people, then you can bring in tariffs, which we need, and make it a more competitive market for Australian manufacturers, right? So this is how I see it. I would rather there be more jobs, right? More jobs, more real jobs, not not this kind of casual stuff that you're seeing that, you know, skews the unemployment figures. Real jobs, real jobs where you can have a career, hmm. you know, where you can, you know, you, you've been in, in your place of employment, you were saying earlier, 12 years, yeah. right? I've been nearly 20, okay? Mm. So, and your previous job before that, 12 years, 12 years right? Yeah. And for me, my previous job before that, 10, mm. okay? So, you know, that's careers. That's careers, right? Nowadays, you don't hear of people staying in jobs for more than a year. No. You know? I'll so, take this one to say, uh, yep, yeah, I'm at, currently at two in my current one. Before that was 18 months, and before that was a whole four years yeah so how do you ever get to long service leave or, or any of those things how do you ever get that you don't you don't exactly right so this is what i'm proposing okay everyone's enjoying all the stuff that's coming in from china right and you know people hate it when you talk about china and you oh they're not the bad guys you know look at look at all the cheap goods etc etc look at you know they're making everything cheaper and better for us okay well if that's the case then I want everyone that listens to our show and I want all of you guys to think about the hypocrisy of all the governments that have been and are currently in and will, will come in in the future. In Australia, we have to have a minimum wage. We have to maintain a certain amount of health and safety requirements. We need to have insurance. We need to have workers' compensation. We need to pay holiday pay, sick leave and long service leave. The Chinese don't need to do that. So how can it be that the Australian government forces us to meet all those requirements but lets goods come into this country tariff-free, tariff-free, to compete against us? It's not bloody right and it's not fair, mm. right? So have the referendum, ask people, do you want jobs for the future but slightly higher prices? And then impose tariffs so that the middlemen who are really making the money, because the, the poor little guy in China that's no, working yeah, for a bowl right. of rice, he's not making money, right? The company's making money on volume mm. in China, and most of those companies are, are government-owned or, or government-backed. It's the middleman here, the reseller, that's making the money. The company that buys the shoes landed in Australia for $7 and then sells them for $219. That's the company that's making the money. So this is the question. This would be one of the things that I would campaign on. You know, let's ask the people. Let's let them decide. And if they're happy to pay a little bit more, let's bring in the tariffs. And this, I hate hearing about this global economy. The global economy only works if everyone gets paid the same, mm. right? If everyone has to pay insurance and superannuation and long service leave and sick leave. That's the only way it's going to work. For as long as we have to follow one set of rules... And countries like China and India don't. The global economy doesn't work. It's flawed. And it will only make a very small number of people very rich and the rest of us suffer in the long run. On that note, we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. 
Okay, that was a fair, pretty in-depth discussion there on the global economy from Simon, wasn't it, Todd? Yeah, I was uh, a bit taken back, but hey. Anyway, that's uh, <laughs> the, the global economy. Speaking of things all global economy, Ferrari, well, more importantly, Formula One from Catalonia in Spain and Ferrari and where they're heading raises more questions than answers at the moment. I really think they've they've kind of lost their way at Ferrari at the moment. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that one at the moment. It's uh, They're a bit lost and disappointing for such a, a big team, you know, the, the prancing horse, but we can only wait and see, I guess. No, I don't know. I think the, the season's gone for them, to be honest with you. What I'm disappointed about is more, not just the, the, the performance, but it's also been the um, the strategy. The strategy has really let them down. And I think there was this, such a mismatch of tyres in this race. It was, it was just diabolical. And uh, I just don't know what they were doing and their strategy. They're swapping drivers around, but they're making those decisions too late in the race. Well, we should probably start from the beginning and work our way through. Um, Dan Ricciardo, from the get-go, was facing a three-grid penalty for his um, rever- not using his um, reversing cameras and... Rear vision mirrors back in Baku. So they, he when he backed into Danny Kivy, had to go to three grid penalty. So qualifying was pretty important to him. Yeah. Uh, we saw him, he just scraped through Q1, and I thought I was really concerned for him there. He just got through Q1. But then his Q2 performance was much, much better. Really good, actually. His Q2 performance was probably one of the best we've seen uh, from him all season. Got to Q3, not completely convinced they threw everything at the Renault for Q3. I think they were happy to rest on their laurels, uh, save some tyres, and also just get the car to the to the grid for the following day in... Well, they, they were in position 10 at that situ- at that time, but knowing they had a three-grid penalty. Yeah, going forwards, not going backwards. Yeah, that's right. So I think they just left it there. I, I, I do believe he came out in Q3, but I don't I don't think they threw the kitchen sink at it. Um, it was also interesting to see um, Hamilton um, really struggling to hold on to P1 in, in Q3, so much so that Valtteri out-qualified him by a substantial... By a substantial lead, I think it was 0.6 of a second or six tenths, which is huge. Yeah, it's huge. So again, I think that lap that Hamilton threw the gauntlet down, he got it got really uh, twitchy. The car, he came out, changed the tyres, and did another two laps after that. But I think the tyres, I think the track, well, it was hard to tell. But everyone who came out in that last two minutes of qualifying in Q3 really didn't improve on their positions. In actual fact, I don't think anyone in the top 10 actually moved forward in in um, in Q in that last two minutes I'm talking about of Q3. So was, that was quite interesting to note. Um, so the final qualifying was um, we had um, Bottas, as I said, in position one, uh, Hamilton in the second spot, Vettel in third, Verstappen fourth, Leclerc fifth, and Ricardo in tenth, and subsequently getting dropped down to thirteenth in after his grid penalty, keeping you up, Todd, are we? Yeah, you, sorry. You were watching the Formula One. <laughs> yeah, no, course. that's correct. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we, there was so much focus on Lewis Hamilton from from the Baku race that 
his start, he did give, it was quite noticeable that he gave, uh, obviously he gave um, Bottas a fair bit of space back in that race two weeks ago. It was really interesting to note that he did cop a bit of criticism for that in the press. Not criticism, but like a lot of people felt that he's, um, you know, probably gave him too much space. So there was a lot of focus on Hamilton for this race, not to give, he wasn't going to be yielding like he did in Baku. And we saw that. We yeah. saw that at the start of this race. It was it was three wide there at one stage, and it looked it looked quite hairy going in there. And we had Vettel on the outside, looking like he was going to put a move on all of them, but um, went obviously too wide and locked up a brake and put a flat spot subsequently on those tyres, which we had to listen to him complain for the next how many laps was it that he complained? Did we hear him whinging about that flat spot? I can't remember. Lap twenty. There you go. Yes, and that, that went on for about 19 of those 20 laps of him complaining about this flat spot. But Hamilton was never headed after that point. I mean, it was first corner and he was out of there and he never he was never challenged in this race yeah. at all, at all. Um, it was just interesting. Leclerc on lap 12 was allowed to pass Hamilton because Hamilton obviously had this flat spot and was struggling with the tyres. Um, so he was let through. I was found that quite surprising. I don't know if you thought anything about that. Like if you felt being the new guy to the team, I'm, I was surprised that that probably took him too many laps for them to decide. If they were going to make that decision, they should have let, allowed that pass to happen probably two or three laps earlier. And you have to edit that bit because you said Hamilton, not Vettel. Oh, sorry, Vettel. <laughs> All right, no worries. Vettel, um, yeah. Vettel. I mean, <laughs> sorry, yes. Nick. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm a Vettel fan. Mm. I hate to admit it, and I'm going to get a bit of backlash no. for saying that. Um, no, 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 it always Ferrari. But I am a bit disappointed with him last night. Mm. Um, and also, uh, I don't know if he's the golden head child anymore. Maybe not. Maybe not. And maybe Daniel has made a mistake in not going to Ferrari if the opportunity was there. But anyway, we'll, we digress. Um, anyway, he... He was allowed to pass him after he flat-spotted those tyres. So lap 20, Vettel comes in, uh, pitted for mediums. That stop was shocking, terrible. An extra two seconds. Um, and they only, you know, Verstappen then pitted as well just to cover off on Ferrari because that's what they do now. Yeah. If one's seen the other one pit, then the other one will cover off on that person just to be sure that, you know, that they're not. there's not a potential... Uh, undercut later on in the race on lap 26 Leclerc is pitted and they they put him on hard so obviously they're committing him to a one-stop strategy which I kind of understand because they're obviously going to put the Ferraris on the two different strategies but it was always going to be a hard task getting home not 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 so much getting home on the hards but they're 1.8 seconds a lap slower the hards than than a than a than a soft and given that uh, mercedes were obviously committing to a a two-stopper with a mix of softs in there i thought that was always going to be a hard ask in the end it didn't work out because they had to pit him again on um i think it was later in the race when we had that safety car it just wasn't i mean the safety car changed everything obviously in the race but they they had so they pitted him but Verstappen was pretty confident that he wasn't going to get home on those hards either. He, he was fairly confident and fairly comfortable in Verstappen making that, that second stop, 
knowing that Leclerc was still going to have to pit. Now, as it turned out, luckily for Verstappen, the safety car did come out. However, it would have been interesting to see, um, had that not happened, uh, how that would have unfolded. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I was going to say maybe Ferrari were chasing for um, points, mm. but I don't think that worked out very well for them. No, no. Anyway... So in the end, we had the Mercedes get home for another win. Hamilton was un- completely unchallenged. Even Bottas didn't really didn't really put up a fight, and and uh, Verstappen came in at third, Vettel fourth, Leclerc fifth. Um, it, it's just I think there's going to have to be a lot of salt searching at Ferrari, especially in terms of of strategy. I really I think they need to start getting a strategy happening because they're not going to be able to outmuscle the Mercedes on the track, not with horsepower, not with not with aero, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, can we also note, I'm not picking on poor old Dan here, but he actually finished a race, so congratulations, Dan. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah that, that was good. Interestingly enough, his teammate, um, Nico Hulkenberg, damaged the front, the spoiler in, in Q1. They actually had to go back a spec with the front spoiler and gave him a different spoiler for the remaining or qualifying. The subsequent result of that is you have to start from pit lane if you do that. Now, I don't know what the go is there and as to why these guys are only running around with with one spec wing, but that's a bit of a worry. Yeah, only enough money in the budget for... A couple of current spec items, or we don't want to go down that path just yet. I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't know why that that was that why that was done. Why they put an older spec wing on the car, or if Nico Hulkenberg didn't feel that he had the the drive with that wing. I, I really can't tell you, but it was it's, that's of a concern, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't able to challenge at all with with that other wing. He was basically not in the race. Yeah, it was disappointing, and. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those where a full I don't know is tonight, Nick, but uh, I think what this is... head scratching <laughs> from this race. <laughs> Here's what I do know. Here's what I, let's, let's talk about what we do know. We always expected Daniel to struggle this year. We did. And yeah. I said it in... We can pull out other episodes. We always suggested that he would struggle. The struggle would be would be pretty difficult for him. The, the problem I have is I did expect them to be kind of the best of the rest. Yeah, and we're not we're not seeing that. We're just not seeing them being the best of the rest. They're, yeah, they're not even the best of the rest. They're the no. Haas is definitely <coughs> the best of the rest yeah. now. Um, and Toro Rosso um, are really starting the challenge now as well. Danny Kvyat and um, Albon really got their act together last night. So Danny Kvyat, I think was was probably I, I would almost argue he was a driver driver should have got the driver votes i voted for him but he didn't didn't win <laughs> yeah and even elbon probably sh- arguably should have got it went to max verstappen last night by the way and even carlos sainz an honorable mention to carlos sainz as well i think yeah. it's home track did really well there and the mclaren is on the move the mclaren is on the move and using renault power power plant too yeah we're getting renault's now finishing <laughs> sorry <laughs> mclaren's finishing above renault's so so congratulations to Carlos Sainz as well. I think his drive was was quite was quite good. All right. Well, look. On that note, we're going to take a quick break right here, and we will be back with more right after the break.
All right, welcome back to the Talk and Power podcast, episode 59. Todd, tell us a couple of things you're working on. So well, please, please yeah. elaborate for uh, us. A bit off the cuff here, Nick, but hey, uh, you don't anything left from me by now, I don't think. So, it's all good. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, there's a funny story I have to share with the, the people listening. Uh, I was cleaning up my backyard the mm-hmm. other day, and besides an old Datsun laying in the backyard, yep. I found a 180SX, which is, uh, for those playing at home, a uh, Nissan mm-hmm. turbocharged four-cylinder. So, uh, you know, Simon can throw what he wants at me, but hey, it does the job. Nearly finished as well. Is it nearly finished? Which surprised me. I didn't remember nearly finishing this car. So uh, I think we're going to drag it out, pull the tarp off it. We, we do we do need some more cars in the in the in the arsenal, don't we? Because we don't we don't have enough. <coughs> yeah, feel. the only unfortunate thing is this is painted black at the moment and not white, so it doesn't match the uh, talking power white that we've got going on. But hey, we'll uh, we well, can we can change that. That's all right. We can, yeah, that's it's only a vinyl wrapper. I'm <laughs> I'm sure actually Simon's got some left over from the from the BA actually. There's oh, heaps of it. There we go. So uh, smaller car. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Exactly, and a lot of it's glass. It's going to be glass hatch on the back. So. Asher, Asher, he was became a legend at that applying that vinyl wrap. Oh yeah, I, I watched him do it. It was it's a gun. It was a, yeah, it was a good job. So, uh, yeah, we've got some ideas to maybe uh, drag this out, see what we can do with it. Uh, we won't have to talk to our friend Mitch, Mitch Lana, and mm-hmm. um, see if he can come on board and. Show us a few pointers. Show us some other things. Yeah, um, show sure. because you, you you were saying before it's set up more for grip. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So uh, I always said I'd never drift it, mm. but then again, never it does come. Never. never say never. Exactly. Right. And I figure it's got it's got all the bits needed to, and with a bit of ingenuity, we can make it do other things. So, so Todd, what you're saying is this is the launch pad for. Our foray into drifting. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Your your foray into drifting. I wouldn't go that far, but I'll give it a go. How's yeah, that sound? No, it's good. No, I'm I, I'm more for it. I, it's not something that I you, you'll see me do, but they are, everyone's different, aren't they? Oh, exactly. So, so no, I'm looking forward to that. Looking, to, I like the. To be honest with you, I like the 180SX shape. It's it's pretty cool shape. I know the one. I know the one you're referring to. It's a really yeah. cool shape. So no, no, looking forward to that. So uh, and yeah, the other one was. Um, Rumour has it, between uh, one of us three on the uh, show, we have a evolution on its way. And again, for those in the querying is, a Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution, a tarmac rally car. So Okay, I'm just going to clarify something here now, because you said rumour has it. Now, th- <laughs> those that are play the odds will we'll we'll pull the calculator out and say this. Simon, Mitsubishi Evo... He's nah. a, he, no, but he's a big fan. Yeah, he's a fan, but is he? would he get one? No. Nah. Probably not. Those people that know me, that know I've got an XW. What's the chances of me having a an Evo? Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing against them, but look, if we're playing the odds here, I think we've all worked. Rumour. Rumour has it. <laughs> Rumour. Inverted commas here. Yeah, so, so it kind, yeah. Of, kind of leaves me, doesn't it? it I think it's... <laughs> when you said rumour has it, I think everyone guessed that it was you, Todd. Yeah, so uh, I kind of picked up myself a, what I call a hero car, mm-hmm. a, a Lancer Evo 5. It's uh, on its way at yep. the moment. And uh, long-time ambition to go out and do some tarmac rally. Maybe yeah, no. some Targa events. Well, I think it's so, awesome. I think it looks, it looks really cool, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. I... 
since we started this and we got more involved with Targa sort of events and also I did the Targa West last year we had a we had a special stand there and I, you know I, I'm really looking forward to it myself to be honest I really am yeah I mean the one thing I can sort of I'm asking for if anyone out there is listening hmm. I need a co-driver and no I won't scare the wits out of you but uh, well I'll try not to but I am looking around for a co-driver when so. you say co when you say co-driver but you'd probably need to to clarify that because a lot of my mates would say co driver's just the guy that rides shotgun with you and <laughs> well, jumps out and gets the beers when you stop or someone to sit in the passenger seat and read pace notes to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and teach me how to how to learn pace notes because I've done a little bit but nothing fully competitive. So yeah. yeah. So it needs to be someone with some obviously some credentials <coughs> as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. all right. So that's not gonna be me, Todd. <laughs> If you're looking at me, don't. No, no, that's all right. We'll, we'll put you on the car one day, Nick. You know, we'll take you for a blast around oh, somewhere oh. and see what happens. So, <laughs> <laughs> vomit bags in the front pouch, we'll be fine. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> no worries, Nick. So, yeah, and uh, with that, I'll be out and about doing a lot more video work. Yeah. So, um, something that we sort of want to get back into. It is. It's something that you know. Let's let's be honest here. We've done a fair bit of video work in the year in the past since we started. We did a lot of video work. The Camry, we did a heap of video work. Um, with the BA, we did a lot of video work as well. But now we're outside of those projects. We've kind of the video work has really tapered off. And I've noticed also our probably our social media following. I think requires video work. Yeah. So we need to probably focus on that a bit more as well. So you'll see a heap more content coming out, coming from us. Um, we, it is something that we're concentrating on, and you can see this guy over here from me, Todd, is <laughs> is, is working on that. Yeah, that's just, right. Just so. to fill in a bit of a gap, while you know our our Simon is is off doing other things. He's still with us, of course, but yeah. he's um, busy doing other things at the moment as well. And racing's not one of them. No. Well. Maybe racing the kids side by side in the little, you know, push cart things, but hey. <laughs> so, all right, you're watching a bit of TV on the internet. Tell us, tell us a bit, something about you come across. Well, TV on the internet. Um, yeah, I know. It's a pretty, pretty loose term, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I watch a fair bit, I must admit. Mm. I follow a fair few YouTube channels, both uh, here and abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, I could go on for probably hours. Yep. Um, again, down the path, I actually want to do a bit of a who I follow top 10 video mm -hmm. shout out. But for yep. now, the main sort of couple I follow is Hoonigan in the US. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, um, I don't even know where to start with those guys. I followed them from when they were just a brand name on the shirt. Mm. Now they have five channels on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. And they even went to the Emmys the other night in America because they got nominated for awards. Yeah. Now, that's yeah. a bunch of dudes off the internet just doing what they do. Doing what they love. Nominated for an Emmy is mm. huge. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, don't think they won, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, just and they do project car builds, drifting, off-road racing. Um, oh, I've lost where I'm up to it with them. But, and they got Ken Block. Yeah. Yep. Loving more hate him, and again for people at home. Who men hate him? Who hates Ken? Block? Hate Ken Block? Oh, some people are a bit. Tell me these people. Who are the names? <laughs> Ken Block. Who hates Ken Block? Really? There's a few people out there that 
Yeah, we went. We, I'm a bit of a Ken Block, Ken Block fanboy. I um, jokingly went around Europe a few years ago with um, some very good friends of mine, mm. and had a different at the time DC shirt for every day of the week, which was yep. Ken Block's former skateboard company. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so a bit of a Ken Block fanboy myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just talent and the fact they're in New Zealand the other day. Yeah. Uh, Ken Block and he has an old RS Cosworth that he's turned into this sort of hybrid. Don't know what you want to call it, and not hybrid as in battery, hybrid as in mm. he's brought it up to a current spec rally car, yep. best he can, and took it to New Zealand and beat the living snot out of it. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> so, okay. all right. Yeah. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Touch the cord, sorry. Nick. Okay. Getting animated, waving my hands around. Speaking of dudes, you also caught Paul Morris and Russell Ingle on, that, on the internet as well. That's right. So, yeah, um, long show i think their first one goes for an hour and a bit and the second one goes for a good hour and a bit again i think the first one we briefly touched on in a couple of podcasts ago is when russell ingall was having a cry about again rightfully yeah. so i shouldn't say having a cry sorry let me take that back but <laughs> he was um a bit disgruntled about losing his job at foxtel so this is his new venture yeah um i highly recommend it um you can always fast forward sorry I know you're not listening, listening, Russell Ingle, but you can just fast forward through some of Russell, Russell Ingle's I don't tangents. mind. I don't mind Russell Ingle. I tend right. to fast forward a lot cool. more through Paul Morris, but yep. I didn't say that. Mm. <laughs> um, I, I don't mind either of them, to be honest with you. They both raced in Fords. Yeah, at some time. True. Um, but really good. I mean, they did a, one segment was basically a pit lane white, whiteboard, and mm. I don't know if that's copyrighted by Fox. It probably is, but hey, pit lane whiteboard. His pit lane whiteboard was. I could be a bit better than the competitions. And again, he you have to remember, he won a championship. Yet nothing against um, Mark Larkham. Marco. Yeah, I loved his pit lane whiteboards and his graphics and his drawings. And But Russell Ingle just came on board and went, this is how it is. Here's your freaking wing to do with the Mustangs. And it was like, hang on, you're not getting paid to have a filter. So this is bloody great. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> so... And they, yeah, they sat sat down and, uh, much like us, and managed to talk, to talk for a good hour or so. And, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. So, mm. yeah. No, it looks good. Personally, I think, you know, I think we're going to see a trend towards this sort of, this sort of media, this sort of, we'll call it content. Yeah. And we talked about it before, but, you know, it's 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 internet based. We all have internet. We've all got ADSL at the very least. Well, we've all got it on our well, a lot of them have it on our phones. Mm, I was going to say we've got ADSL somewhere today where they don't have that, but anyway, that's another story. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to get into it. Oh, look, if it was a Labor or Liberal government getting in in the next couple of months, you know, well, they might help them improve our NBN. Yeah, but anyway, that, well, they didn't have they didn't have ADSL, let alone NBN. I think we're on par with a third world country in terms of their internet speed, Nick. Just for a fact, there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, like I said, like we said in other podcasts, I said we'll definitely see a trend towards this. We saw the the rise of Roadkill and uh, Motor Trend. You know, they're, yeah. they're a massive company now owned by Discovery, you know. And now charging money. Yeah, charging big bucks too. And getting it, getting full total. Yeah, I you've been to it, getting it. I mean, I, I pay for it and I I love the content. Yeah, yeah. But it's getting content when you want it. And, and this was probably our argument against the 400 thunder and what they i don't begrudge them charging the six dollars i seriously don't but i think you need to 
bleed that content out at a later date in a package that's FTA. Yeah. Free to air. You also need prequel videos. You need a bit of a lead up. Hey, this guy's built this car in three days. He's going to be the Thunder 400. And then a bit of a follow up. You know, yeah, yeah, but that's for your six bucks. I'm gonna say you have don't just have a one time only offer of six bucks. Well, it was the event was streaming. Yeah, the event was streamed. So for me, I want to put my six bucks down maybe two weeks early and have a bit of a prequel video. Hey, who do you think is going to win the Thunder 400? Mm. Then have it on the day I stream it live. Then afterwards I go, oh, wicked. Yeah, that's just me. Anyway, we'll take a break right here. A couple of weeks ago, we had Mitch Lana on. Um, due to popular demand, we, we've got, we're going to run a, a highlights of that, that conversation we had with him in the next segment. So make sure, don't go anywhere. We'll have Mitch Lana right here, straight after the break. Okay, as promised, we've got Mitch Lana in the studio, Drift Sensation. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on uh, for the second time now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's good to be back on the show. Glad to have, have uh, to come back and yeah, give you guys a bit more of insight into what we've been doing for the last few months and since the last time we spoke. Yeah, we probably should have added that as well. I mean, we've, we've had you on the podcast before. I think it was episode 48 from memory or 47. But if you look back, if you go back to our podcast, we had a big, long chat about lots of things back then but we want to get you back in because since then you've done so many things but before we go what you've done just recently a lot of our listeners are new to new to this radio program and podcast so if you can just recap on the island experience and what led up to getting yourself over to Ireland yep so um just to start it off, um, obviously, um, as you just uh, announced, my name's Michelana. I'm a 23-year-old privateer um, motorsport um, race car driver. I, um, I mainly focus on drifting. Um, I do branch out to other things as well. My family's known for drag racing, go-karting, and all that stuff. So I'm not just a one-minded driver. I do like to do all different things and um, obviously do compete in um, circuit racing, stuff like that as well, when I get the opportunity. Um, so starting from the beginning, um, here locally, I'm a four-time West Australian champion. Um, I've won three seasons of D1WA and one season of uh, Drift Car. Um, I've been actively competing here for the last six or seven years now. Um, obviously, I'm only 23, so I started quite young. Um, but yeah, so from there, once I got my fourth championship, um, I decided... You know, obviously we need to make another step forward, um, try and keep motion going, try and keep up with everything we're doing. And um, that's when we turned our attention to Ireland. Um, a lot of people probably think of like, why would you go to such a little country that no one really talks about or anything like that? But um, Ireland is actually the home of one of the biggest championships in the world. Mm. And uh, if you see on Facebook, they've renamed their brand now to Drift Games. Um, it yep. used to be called the IDC. Um but yeah, so it's one of the biggest championships in the world. Um, there's former Drift, IDC, BDC, and Drift Masters. That's uh, the main live-streamed events that everybody knows about. And um, affordability, accessibility, and making stuff happen and work, um, we chose to, to go with Ireland. Um, I was lucky enough to go over there for one round in 2016 to try and meet new people, um, build a base, and you know start from, start from scratch in another country. 
And uh, while I was there, we didn't get any good results or anything like that. We were driving a car we never drove that was undeveloped for a pro class and, and whatnot. So made the most of uh, meeting the right people, talking to the right people. And um, lucky enough, I became good friends with uh, Richard at Bradley Motorworks. And he said to me right before I left, he's like, if you want to build a car, you can come here. We'll look after you. You can have the workshop. You can do what you need to do. Hmm. So in the six months we had in between that and um, having the time to actually get the car ready, me and my dad made a plan. My dad's uh, Dubbo Performance, for those that uh, know who that is. Um, they're based um, in Bibber Lake, and they work on LS-based Commodores, Nissans, anything with an LS engine. Um, and so, yeah, all my cars are all LS engine, V8. Um, so it's a lot to cram in in a couple of seconds and minutes just to, to get you guys to know who I am. But, yeah, so long story short, we spent six months uh, preparing to go to Ireland to build a new car. And um, in 14 days, we built a car from scratch to a full competitive pro um, championship racing car that um, we actually got fifth in the season overall for my first season. So first season competing out of Australia, first season on semi-slicks, first season with over 600 horsepower, and obviously, yeah, just everything completely different bowl game. Mm. Never never had anything to do with something like that or level of um, competition like that. Yeah. In Ireland, you went, you did quite well over there. I think you won an event from no, memory so, or came second to... Yeah, so the first year, we were, like I said, the car was built in 14 days, so we couldn't really expect it to work straight out of the box. But we were just chasing our tails the mm. whole first season. Um, we still got fifth overall in the championship, yep. which was quite good. You know, there's people have been driving for a long time that dream of a result like that. And um, it's hard when you, you put a lot on the line and you have big expectations and stuff like that. And the first season did hit us quite hard. Obviously, we were wanting a result, mm. at least a podium. Um, many times in the season, it looked like we were going to make it to the podium. And then we've had a car drama or, you know, driver fault or yeah. something like that. Um, something small and silly. But like any motorsport, um, for drifting, you know, if you're not, if you don't have the consistency or reliability, it, all those things add up, and it all plays a big part in it. And um, yeah, so that's where after the first season, we took a step back, made a plan, and mm-hmm. then because the car was already together, and we didn't have to go rebuilding or anything like that. Um, coming into the second season, we we're a lot more confident. We felt like we could iron out all the issues that we needed to iron out. Yep. Still minimal driving time and stuff like that. In it, and I don't have a car here that's anything remotely close to it, so mm. I couldn't really practice as such. Um, but yeah, so we come into the second season. Um, we were still running the Westlake, same tyres we were running the year before, so everything was still pretty much identical. Just all the little gremlins were sorted. And uh, first round, we rocked out and we got third place on the podium. Yep. Um, we had a clutch issue in the first round, which uh, started playing up in the top four. So for drifting to get to um, the podium, it's a top 32 battle tree. Um, so top 32, then top 16, top 8, top 4, and then final. In the top four, if you lose the battle, you fight for third. And if you win, you go through the finals where mm-hmm. you fight for first. Um, so yeah, in my battle in the top four, we lost the battle due to the clutch started slipping, uh, which then I was prepared for it. And then lucky enough, when we come into the battle for third, um, nobody actually knew about the clutch slipping and the guy rolled up to the line not knowing that my car was damaged and then he ended up bailing out on the entry because oh. he had car issues as well. Yeah. So luckily enough, it was more of who, who played the bigger bluff. Yeah. And um, yeah. I still threw it into the corner and made it around the track whereas he had to pull off and, and pull yeah. out. So lucky enough, we got our first podium and then from there, I think that was just the, the little 
chip on the shoulder we had to just get over. Mm. Um, you know, it's a, it's a big thing traveling that far away. All the pressure of wanting yeah. to do well for your family and friends and sponsors and. Mm. Obviously, everybody watching at home too. It's all live stream. I know yeah. There's a lot of supporters on live stream for me when when I was over there. So, to finally get a result was good. Um, and then from there, we actually podiumed every single round for the rest of the season. Um, we didn't get a win, um, but yeah, it was pretty cool to. Pretty much every round, same thing. We actually had issues every single round. Um, round two, we blew the motor to pieces. Like there was not one bit of the motor that was salvageable. Um, then obviously, being so far away from home, we didn't know what to do then. Yeah. Um, we actually built a bottom end over here and we took it as luggage. That's right. I was just yeah. about to say, that. I do remember that. That's the one that went in the suitcase, the yeah. crank. And yes. Yep. So I didn't pack any clothes for that one. We just uh, backed engine parts and sent it all over and um, we managed to get that back together. We only spent six days to put a fully assemble an engine, fully put it in the car, tune it, do everything. And it was a completely different combo as well. So yeah. Same thing. While we had very limited time, we tried to make the most of what we done. We did have, yeah. and we changed the combo a little bit. We knew where my old engine had its faults and where it had its perks, and we tried to build something that remained with the perks, but also got rid of the the you know the negatives of that combo. We just had a good wrap up from yourself about uh, Ireland and how you got to where you are right now. So uh, you've recently been to the US. Uh, how did that all come about? Um, yeah. So to be honest, um, I'll try and start from the top. Uh, coming into this year after six, seven years of um, active, actively drifting here and overseas. Um, it was probably the most shakiest beginning of the year. Um, I had no plans. Um, most people start putting a program to get, uh, together halfway through the year. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, times are a bit tough with uh, sponsors I'm finding at the moment. And um, we just had no support at all after last year, even coming second in the championship. And... Um, yeah, you know, it was just, it was kind of playing it by ear, waiting for people that we spoke to to sort of hopefully come through. Um, unfortunately, yeah, like I say, motorsport's tough, you know, if anybody could do it, they would. Um, but for me, you know, I've been a privateer now for seven to eight years now. Um, you know, it's just, I'm just trying to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until we can get to where we, where we want to be. Um, and that's where all the commitment and the dedication to Ireland and stuff like that come from. Um, you know, it, there's no real written way about how to make it in this sport or any sport, I don't think. And, um, you know, we're just trying to do everything we can to get there. But so this year, um, pretty much I decided to step back from drifting here in Australia. Um, you know, that's one of the things you can sort of spend all your money trying to do everything and, you know, you get lots of driving and obviously get better and better. And any experience and driving experience is good. But I just had to take a, a bit of a sacrifice and, and step back from the drifting here to allow a bit more time for organisation, logistics and obviously financial um, side of things as well. Um, so, yeah, this year we... Um, there was sort of everything was in the air. It didn't actually look like we are going to go anywhere. And then um, at Driftmasters last year and IDC in the final round, as I said, there was a lot of international drivers and I met uh, Forrest Wang. Um, we sort of stayed in contact a little bit in the in the off season and over the last couple of months in the beginning of the year, and um, I sort of just thought to myself, I wonder if he'd let me borrow his car if I asked him because <laughs> he's got a couple of cars, and um, yeah, I sort of uh, had a bit of a chat to him. We sort of made out a deal, and I was like, oh, well, well, you know, getting second in the championship last year in IDC actually gained me a license for uh, pro class in former drift. Um, there's two classes there in former drift, um, Pro One and Pro Two. Um, for Pro One, we, um, you know, it was a big step for us. It's 
Former Drift is the pinnacle of uh, drifting in, in mm, the world. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, for me as well, you know, we spent two years in Ireland and same as what I did when I first went to Ireland. I didn't want to go backwards anymore or stay at the same at the same rate. So, obviously, from IDC, it was like... It's, from the way I feel that the championships work in the world is it's IDC, Drift Masters, and then Former Drift. And when you're at Former Drift, you know, that's where... That's where everybody knows. Like anybody who does knows anything about drifting, they know about Formula Drift. Yeah. And so for me to make it at Formula Drift, it's it was it seemed unreachable. Um, the budget for that sort of stuff's crazy. You know, same as Ireland, same as anywhere you go. If you don't have any any hookups or any resources or any sponsors or anything like that, it's it's near on impossible. Um, with a lot of planning, a lot of logistics and stuff like that. Um, and lucky enough, some of the people I met on the way, um, like. You know, even stuff for people that give you advice or help. Um, even same thing. I was talking about James Dean before. We're actually quite good friends with his brother, Mike. Um, he's given me a lot of advice, tips, contacts, stuff like that. Um, talking to him and Dean Carney, another competitor there. Um, obviously, Forrest Wayne, like I just brought up. These sorts of people sort of gave me the insight that I didn't have before. Gave me the advice, the knowledge, and obviously Forrest gave me the car. Um, obviously all paid for um, we know it wasn't free we had to we had to financially set that up yeah but yeah so like I said it was all up in the air and um, yeah it was a matter of do we do a couple of rounds of IDC again or do we do a couple of rounds of Drift Masters or former Drift and I sort of just had to look at it all what's the big picture here um, you know do you want to do the same things or be known for the same stuff or you know where do you go and like I said being the pinnacle of the sport I knew where I wanted to go. It was just going to be a matter of whether we, we could get there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we, we tossed tossed up all the ideas. And while we probably could have got a couple more rounds out of doing IDC or something again, um, with the budget it costs to do Formula Drift, um, I took a risk and I decided that we we're going to go to Formula Drift and compete in the biggest series in the world, try and get my name on the map, hopefully make a good impression. Unfortunately, we didn't really get the result that I was looking for. Um, I think an impression was still made, but... I think, like anything you do, you have to work at it. And, um, yeah, unfortunately now, kind of the budget's blown now, but hopefully we can get some sponsors together and head back there and, yeah. um, you know, see what we can do from there. But, you know, it was cool to go to, to America. Um, I'll say to get to Ireland, we had to meet a lot of people and it needed a lot of resources. And I'll say it was, it was unachievable to get to Ireland without Richard's help. Unfortunately, mm. we just don't have that yet in America because you've got to be there to meet those people. Yeah. Um, so we made the jump while using other people's knowledge and experience. All right, Mitch. Well, look, we'll, unless there's anyone else, that, yeah, I guess you need to thank some sponsors and some people that got you here. So, yep, far away. Yep. So I just want to obviously say a big thank you to my mum and dad. Um, yeah, they've been a big part of this. Well, you know, there's a lot of stresses behind the scenes that nobody ever seemed, uh, seems to see. Um, like anything in life, anything you do, um, you know, what you can show on Facebook and social media, um, you can never show the negatives, you can only show the positives. Yeah. And it doesn't, you never capture the hard part. I mean, even just before going to America, we um, had dramas with my passport and visa and stuff like that. And people didn't see the stresses we actually went through to get to America. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, like, like I say, there's obviously a lot of dramas in and outs that people don't know about, but. Yeah, they've been massive supporters since the beginning. So, yeah, just them, uh, my family, my friends, my partner. Um, and, you know, like I said, like, you can't be anywhere without your sponsors. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Dubbo Performance, Lost Racing Products, they've been, like I say, since the beginning. They supplied all my fittings for all my cars. 
um, speed low fittings that is, um, all the fuel lines, anything they can do to help, they've always helped, even even funding some stuff as well, they've helped. Um, you know, even my previous sponsors as well, you know, I can't, you know, even though I might not be working with some of them now, I still, I'm still grateful for their help yeah. because I still wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Um, but yeah, and obviously my fans as well, you know, the biggest things are my mm. fans because without them, you know, I probably wouldn't be doing it. So, yeah. and like I said, Wayne for putting you guys onto me. In yeah, the Wayne. First place. That's what it just <laughs> yeah. came into my head there, Wayne as well. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Pratt, he, he always listens to Wayne. Yeah. So thanks to Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, there's a lot of people out there that support me that, you know, and people don't realize that I am only a privateer team. I see who likes my stuff. I see who comments on my stuff. And I see who doesn't like my stuff. Mm. And, um, yeah, I say I'm a very interactive person with who follows me and what I do. You know, I haven't let it get to my head, and I appreciate everybody that follows me and supports me. Yep. I mean, even the I do go back through the live streams and stuff like that, and I do see who comments on it and stuff like that. So mm. I really appreciate all the support I get. And the more support I can get, the more grateful I'll be, and the yeah. more I'll try and produce for everybody as well. So hopefully we can gain some new followers and some new sponsors, and we can keep pushing and putting on a show for everybody. Certainly. And obviously I want to thank you guys for allowing me to come on the show. And um, oh. It's our, it's our pleasure, uh, Mitch. We, we 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 talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Yeah, we've got to make that happen because yep. with everything that happened in the US, we thought, yeah, we have to get you back.' So no, we really appreciate it. No, thank you. At least you guys could show up, and Gonzo didn't, but that's all right. <laughs> Did you hear that song? Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I appreciate it, guys. And, and Todd just wanted to mention he's got a one eighty at home, doing nothing, <laughs> and he wants to learn how to drift. You're the man. On the men, yeah. Show this man how to drift. Yeah, yeah. I can show you guys how to drift. Right. No, no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently, I'm the crash test. I mean, I mean, I'm the dummy. But we well, knew that already. <laughs> no, yeah. No, like I say, um, you know, I'm extremely grateful for everything you guys have done to help try and uh, push my name and stuff like that, and obviously having me a part of the show. So maybe one day we can organise a private hire and we'll get all three of you up there. Oh, that sounds good. And we I can think, all yeah. try and get some laps and um, yeah, just show you guys what it's really like, you know, first hand in the car and. Um, maybe we can organise some raffles for some lucky fans and followers yeah. on here as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll work something out. I don't know about going backwards into the corner. I'll leave that for Todd. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know, <no> worries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Mitch Lana. Thanks very much, Mitch. Thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it and for joining us on the podcast and 88.5 FM. Okay, that was great to have just that rerun of Mitch Lana's interview, the highlights there. So really appreciate Mitch coming on a couple of weeks ago. Look, big announcement this week, Todd, in the Andra world of drag racing. Andra have formed a partnership with the NHRA. So this, being a drag racing person that I am, fan, probably doesn't raise questions but I, I it's the, I think the writing's on the wall for me in my mind and it's an alliance with the NHRA we saw the 400 Thunder they have their sanctioning through IHRA now that's not to mean that Andra I don't think Andra will have sanctioning through the NHRA but I see the synergy in forming a relationship with the NHRA so just to keep it brief here any NH sorry any Andra member, I'm an actual, I'm an actual Andra member myself. I'll just declare that here now. Yep. So I should probably disclose that I'm an Andra member. Oh, well, there you go. Paid up for for an additional fifty dollars, they will get an 
NHRA digital membership. So they'll have 24 issues of the NHRA National Dragster magazine, 25% off season subscription to the NHRA TV, um, and that also includes live streaming of the Mellow Yellow Drag Racing series. Um, So there's also a number of other things I'm not going to get into here um, right now. But, yeah, if you want, go to the Andra website and you can see further details there. But I think it certainly sets up the the Andra. Um, it, it, it does. I can see where they're going. Um, we should try and get Brett. We had Brett on the podcast a couple yeah. of weeks ago at the Andra Grand Final. Um, and he did say they were working on a couple of things. I think this may have been one of them. I think this is a, a master stroke from them. Um, and I don't know where they go f- to from here. I have my own personal thoughts, which I won't say here because I don't think it's appropriate. But it's a, a tick for me on Andrew and their partnership with the NHRA. Hats off to them. Yeah, no, let me just add in there. Um, I mean, I've followed drag racing many years ago mm. and they took a long break, as yep. I've maybe admitted on the show in the past. Mm. And thanks to yourself and Simon have been following following it again and coming back on board. Sure. Yep. Um, one thing I always did, which was sort of, and I will thank Simon for this, loved to fly NHRA, but it became very unaffordable and very hard to watch as a fan in Australia. Yep. So for me, this is exciting as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. I think their streaming service, to be fair, probably still needs a little bit of work, and it's sad that. I believe they've kind of gone away from Fox Sports. I could be correct. I think they've, yeah. they've kind of moved away from that. But um, I still think there's a bit of a work in progress, even for the NHRA, not even yeah. just for Andrew, but for the NHRA. But you're right. As a fan, it, it was difficult to watch. Um, but this is making it slightly more affordable for us fans over here in Australia to start watching that and consuming that content. Actually, the flip side might be uh, part of Simon's stream is there might be more and drag racing on TV. You never know. Yeah, yeah, I Which, certainly hope so. The Speed Week package has been good, but yeah, I think it needs a bit more work as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, TCR, Touring Car Championship. Yeah, that's correct. One that's uh, being launched in Australia next weekend or this weekend coming up, which is the way you look at it. Now tell us, these cars, I've looked at them from afar, very similar to British Touring Cars, and I believe... They are under the World Touring Car Championship, am I right? That's correct, yeah. There's uh, 14 manufacturers locally that will be um, showing their wares, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Yep. Again, I'm a little bit excited about it. Um, Yeah. Sure, your kind of car. Little hatchback? Well, yeah. And um, I I don't know. It's nice to see something that I can go buy on the dealership floor. Mm. Well, most of them I can buy on the dealership floor, you know. And, uh, yeah, see what they can do. I mean, I think there's, what, Volkswagens out there. There's um, Audis. Uh, You've got a list here. You've got Alfa Romeo, Audi, Honda, Hyundai, Opel, Renault, Subaru, Volkswagen. Um, some of the cars there, we looked at it. If you go to their website, you can see some of the cars there. I mean, they do look very British touring car orientated. Yeah. Um, the one that I actually had to laugh at was, uh, sorry, a Lada. I mean, uh, are they going to reach out the back window open the fuel door for more power or what which is something some of the Lada Neva owners might know about for those people that actually own one and they do drive well when they do drive them mm-hmm. so uh, so yeah. tell us the series starts this weekend yeah yeah that's correct okay All right. At, um, Sydney Motorsports Park yeah so right. Eastern Creek <laughs> if you ask me so yeah I'd call it Eastern Creek as well but I just 
following formality here, but yeah, Eastern Creek guys. Yeah, I mean, the only good bit for this is um, there's a few female drivers mm. in this series, yeah. um, which is awesome, if you ask me. Um, follows on from our conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago yeah. about uh, the women's Formula One. Mm-hmm. Yep. This one's actually uh, equal playing field, so unisex. Yeah. So the girls can show the guys up or vice versa. So no, no holes barred, you know? So, uh, now, what, yeah. she, what, what, is, what is Chelsea driving? She's driving in an Opal Astra. Yeah, an Opal Astra. So uh, a Holden Astra. But, yep. Sorry, an Opal, because I don't know if we can call it Holden anymore. Um, yeah, and for the, the Kelly team, which yeah, okay. is quite interesting. It's quite interesting also to see Kelly, the Kellys, having such a big influence on TCR. Mm, yep, yep. Which, I mean, I know they come from a Nissan, which is primarily not a normal V8 supercar, um, but maybe, I don't know, I might be jumping the gun. Could be a step away from for the Kellys from full-time supercar drive and team owners in another field. Interesting that you say that. I probably don't completely agree, but it'd be interesting to see which way they go. I think they're still... I think they'll probably have a foot in both camps. I think you'd be mad not to. There are a number of drivers putting their hand up to get into TCR, and I noticed that a couple of them have been blocked. I believe Chaz Mostert may have been kiboshed in yeah. not being able to participate. Yeah, I believe so. Um, not quite sure the ruling body, but I believe um, Avesco still runs the supercars, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. And they are very particular about what their drivers can do even down to the fact when they're off time, I believe they um, get told what they can, can't do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, well, I thought it was actually PRA that might have may have kiboshed him, but I don't know if that was under the direction of of um. Oh, could have been supercars. It's yeah. interesting. I, I don't know, but I thought it was the PR, PRA that actually stopped him from participating. But anyway, we'll we'll watch that as it unfolds. I, I agree with you. I think the racing is. Simon's always spoken about British Touring Car Racing, and I enjoy the British Touring yeah. Car Series as well. I think the identification to the vehicle for me is, is a bit is a bit difficult, but I guess if we look at the latest supercar, that's going to be that's going to be a hard sell for supercars, especially if they persist with the Commodore. It's a yeah. tough gig. The Mustang has certainly helped their cause. Um, they really want to start looking at the Camaro Quick Smart because I think that if this, depending on the success of TCR, we may see a diminishing of the um, of the series. Yeah, I mean, with the TCR as well, the other thing that excites me is it's another field. Um, I'm not sure of pricing, but it might be an affordable field. Mm. And I think, again, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, there's no step up in Australia. You go, you Formula V, Formula Ford, if you're lucky, you get a F1000 drive. Yep. Then you sort of jump into a Super 2, which mm. is still quite a big jump. Yep. Um, amongst that, there is, you know, your street cars, your improved production. I'm missing a couple of fields. I'm sure people will correct me, but, um, yeah, it's a big jump. And then from Super 2 to the, the big leagues, supercars, is massive. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, yeah. it's only a handful of guys that, that make it. <coughs> you know, most of them are, are certainly self-funded. And or... comparing apples to apples, there's not many guys that uh, have jumped in a supercar and gone and driven F1. No. So, not saying that TCR is going to be a, a stepping stone to F1, but it gives people another step, you know, another direction, another form of motorsport in Australia that they can at least get some experience in. Mm, certainly. I like your enthusiasm, Todd. I like it. I think it's great. 
Well, it's what's needed. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no. No, I'm hoping it's good. And again, yeah, the, the bonus bit uh, will be shown on SBS. Mm. So it will be shown on TV. You can watch it on TV, which, again, no no paid subscriptions, no no BS. Yeah. Yep. Well, I just it. hope they get the coverage right. I hope they don't have some boring as bat piss commentator that puts you to sleep while you're watching it. And this is a shout out to a couple of my mates that we all used to take the piss out of Daryl Beatty, who could <laughs> <laughs> put coma patients to sleep. But I didn't say that. Yes, no, I agree. I agree. So, okay, you mentioned Chelsea Angelos in this series as well. I think speaking of female drivers, um, Molly Taylor is another one that's going to be in this series. Yeah, that's right, Nick. Uh, good work. It's um, she started off in rally. You told uh, me that, actually. Yeah, I, I know I did. But, hey, I'm going to give you credit it. where credit's due. No, no credit's due. At least you're listening to me, you know. <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Wally Taylor, who uh, she'll be competing in a Subaru WRX, I believe, um, which is awesome to see. Another female driver. Mm. As you tell me, actually banging the drum, and I'd like to see a few more girls out and about doing stuff like this. It's, um, yeah, I'm not sexist in any way, so. No. It's, it's good. But um, speaking of which, uh, Molly Taylor was in the um, ARC Rally of Canberra yep. the weekend just gone. Um, so this is actually the second event of the ARC Championship. The first, okay. of course, being in Bustleton, the one I attended and mm-hmm. managed to see a whole two stages of in the course of three days. Yep. But hey, and um, yeah, rally, the ARC Rally of Canberra. Uh, good weekend. I um, didn't get to catch much of it on TV, unfortunately. Yep. So I wasn't sure what time it was been shown and uh, kind of missed the coverage mm. but um, moving on from that it was uh, another win for uh, Harry Bates and his co-driver John McCarthy yep they cleaned up in of course WA as well yep so yeah um, in that these, these are the guys in the Toyota correct me I was right? about to say yeah that what we call a Toyota yeah, and yeah, it I'm, looks like a Toyota for people listening at home I'm raising my fingers in inverted commas because it's very loosely based around Toyota it's very Toyota Yaris yes that's right there's no Yaris anymore is it correct there's no Yaris isn't there I don't I, actually I, don't, I did drive behind one today yeah, and well, it had Yaris and was it new yeah and it looked new it looked hideous and the colour was awful but uh, anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked there. Sorry. I'll stand corrected then. I actually want to test drive a new Toyota Supra, so I should be saying, Toyota, they're brilliant cars. I'll gladly get behind any of them if someone's handing me the keys over. Okay, there's a shout-out to all the <laughs> AHG the Toyota dealers of, or even DVG Toyota dealers of Western Australia. Yeah. If you have one that you would like us to test drive, Todd is the man. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> all right, we'll take a short break here, and we'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the Talking Power podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and eighty-eight point five, where the valley comes alive. All right, Todd, we've got a few events coming up. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I thought I'd sort of throw a spanner in the works and actually see what's going on around the state. Uh, firstly, the Allenbrook Speedway is on uh, May nineteenth. Yep. So it's a, just listed as a club round at the moment. I'll. Uh, Endeavour to make it down. However, um, give a shout out to some listeners. Yeah. If you do get a chance to make it down, uh, feel free to email us and let us know how it goes and uh, 
you know, hopefully you'll see us down there one day checking out the local speedway. Yeah, you can email either info at talkandpower.net or you can email these guys as well, todd at talkandpower.net or simon at talkandpower.net. Wow, I've got my own email address. Wow, they look yeah. excited about that, don't they? Yeah, you guys? I can or, stop using my Hotmail account now. Or, or <laughs> Nick at talkingpower.net as well. Is that Nick or Nitro Nick? Nick, just, just Nick. Nick. Just Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get professional. Oh, good. Um, but uh, it actually uh, kicks off with a cracker weekend, that one. There is, uh, well, I'm looking at my notes here. There's four different events all around the state worth listing that weekend. Uh there's also Tiger Southwest, which is on in uh, oh, Pemberton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll. Uh, it's going to be a travel for me that weekend, but I'll in uh, really will try and make Tiger Southwest and be checking out some local action. You but. know, with these events, right? Why don't they try and attract some celebrities? Like, can you imagine uh, Eric Banner coming over for know, Tiger yeah. Southwest? How many people would go to that event? Definitely, yeah, it'd be I'd huge. go. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, Tiger Southwest, of course, is the uh, sort of warmer for Targa West, which is later in the year. Um, sorry to cut you off. We're going to have Dave Smith on as well. Thank you, Nick. I had that in my notes oh, to sorry. mention it yourself. Sorry. No, no, it's awesome. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> he beat you to the punchline. No, nah, it's great. Yeah, we're on the same page. It's awesome. Uh, so, but also on the same weekend is the uh, next round of uh, Formula V, Formula Ford, as well as um, street cars and pre-production at Collie. Okay, oh, so right I'll be doing a bit of a side side trek to catch so, up. So, does the West Australian Sporting Car Club run that as well, or is it? Is it's, there a series? It's actually called the Ernie Hassel Memorial Trophy. Okay. Um, I believe it's run by the Collie Motorplex in okay. this instance, yep. which is still coming under the. Oh, I pronounce. I might get this wrong, but it is the South West Motoring. Organisation or something I can't remember. Yeah, it's I'll have to look that it up. Effect, wonder, I wonder if Richie's involved with them. I don't think he is. No. no. So um, but basically, uh, we'll have uh Denver, who's racing his car down there, I believe. So I'll be going out there to sort of check out Denver and have a look at Denver. There also be some uh, Formula V drivers. I'll be the person, not the yeah. No. <laughs> well, the car, the car's pretty interesting to look at. You know, Denver. Well. Not Colorado. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the city in Colorado. No. No. But, um, yeah, catch up with him, probably get a bit of a chat with him, hopefully, and then duck across to Pemberton, check out the roads down there. There's also the Drift West Outlaw Round at Wanneroo. So, yeah, pretty full on weekend. Can you just elaborate? What's an outlaw round in drift? I have no idea. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> I'm looking at their website, and it just says Drift West Outlaw. Okay. So, um, more Maybe they're inviting fly. some supercharged outlaws. Yeah, <laughs> they're all going to wear cowboy hats. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're going to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. So no, thanks uh, for that, Todd. That's good. There's a bit of a wrap up there. Also, Targa West is coming. Well, I know it's not coming up, but it's still a little bit away. But it's in August as well. That's the 12th and 14th to the 14th of August. They're still there. running the Malaga round. Don't know yet. Dave Smith will be able to answer oh God, that these question. These guys are looking at me like they can't talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all he'll, secret. He will, yeah, will be able to sign off. He will be able to fill us in on that as well. Um, for those uh, listening at home, we're just tapping our nose right now. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that mean? Something smells. <laughs> so, uh, Listen, you know what smells? 
RPM. So. Oh, you know, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Caruso, if you're listening, you need a shirt that's about three sizes bigger. <laughs> right? Why is Kate Peck on there? What is what is her purpose? Oh, I'm not sure. Just to annoy people? Or? I, 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 <laughs> there are so many famous racing female racing car drivers that they could have gotten. Instead, they get someone that came on some game show, modelling game show or something. That's her claim to fame, is it? I would never clue what her claim to fame is. I've never, never <laughs> I even thought heard she of was, I thought she was a, like a racing driver or something, you know? Yeah. But no, that's apparently she was on Australia's Got Models or something. I don't know, some... Okay, there you go. What was the modelling show called? Australia's Next Supermodel. That's it. Oh, really? She, she was she's on, that. on that. I yeah. mean, she's an attractive young lady. That's, that's, I think maybe, she is. Maybe she's other young ladies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that way inclined. But <laughs> not I that think, there's anything wrong with that. No, but uh, she's she's quite an attractive lass. But I I don't. I, what value she adds to the show? What are you laughing at, Todd? What are you I'm, laughing? I'm sorry. Apparently, I'm... she's got a cams license now, and and it was funny because Michael Caruso and Garth Tander both said, "When you get your when you get your cams license, we're handing ours in." <laughs> True story. <laughs> Sounds yeah. fair, and uh, I was having a bit of a laugh at the fact that, that we, it was actually um, Australia's search for a supermodel, and she's a VJ on MTV. A VJ? <laughs> What's a V? Do you mean DJ? No, it says here, and I quote, VJ. A VJ. <laughs> no, she's a VJ. That's, 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 that's the terminology. Vegetarian journalist? No, it'd be video, video, video journalist. journalist. That's what, video so she's journalist. put in the video. She's on the MTV. It's yeah. a visual. Come on, guys. Seriously. Yeah, right. I can see the, the correlation there that Channel 10's made between MTV and racing, motor racing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because... <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I can't. You, you got nothing. No. Got nothing. No, so, so who who would be a likely candidate? Melinda Price? Would you put her in there? Uh, what about um, Kelly Betts? No. What about? Uh, oh God, I've forgotten her name. She races the the Simona. Simona. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Simona would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Do you guys hear that there is going to be a women's only Formula Three championship? I have heard this, yes. Women can join any of the men's. I mean, they're, they're not men's, they're just motorsports. Yeah, the motor, yeah you should, we should Kelly Betts them. is racing top fuel. Yep. Uh, Michelle, whatever her name is, is Davies. racing. Davies, that's it. Michelle Davies is racing top door slammer. And we had um, uh, Stevens, I forget her name now. She raced. Oh, Kat. Kath Stevens, mm -hmm. top door slammer. Yep. Rochelle Splat in top fuel. Mm -hmm. uh, Debbie O'Rourke in top alcohol. Yep. Um, you know, in. Well, or the. the and uh, Reed as well. Deb, Deb Reed as Reed, well. Reed, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So I don't understand why they're setting up a women's only class. They've uh, actually already run, run a round of this uh, just recently. Let me guess, a chick one? Yeah, good guess. Um, from what I'm looking at, the uh, stats right now, um, it's well, there is actually a uh, Australian driver in there, I believe. On that moment, yeah, that, yeah. On, on that note, we wish you well on election day today, and we hope that um, when we talk to you again, we're under. No, I won't say, which I can't say, can I? 
May the best team uh, win. Because it definitely won't be the most honest team. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. (laughs) See you. Thanks, Nick. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.